Hello, hello, and welcome to Ignite Your Influence podcast, where you can come to ignite your influence by harnessing your emotional intelligence and learning how to be an effective communicator. I'm really excited about today's uh, podcast because you, you know, when you have somebody that's like twice your energy level and everybody already thinks that you have a lot of energy. (laughs) Well, that's the case with Katie Gutierrez who's joining me today. She's an amazing businesswoman, has transformed her business through the uh, through aligning her business with who she is and becoming a lot more influential with her clients. So excited to bring you Katie. Please enjoy. All right. Welcome to Ignite Your Influence podcast. Katie Gutierrez, how are you today? Good, Anne, and thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of yours. I've been a follower of yours for a long time. I'm obsessed with you and everything that you do. So to be here right now is like next level. Thank you. You're a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) It's been like a week. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you very much. I will be more gracious. So I'm excited because I'm a fan of yours. And I know that, you know, just based on connecting with you in the professional group that we're in, um, I know that you have incredible influence on people. So I'm excited to find out your superpowers. But before we start, what was your first car? <laughs> it was a Chevy Malibu. Ooh. Yeah, girl. And my parents gave it to me for my 15th birthday so that I could learn to drive in it. And then it became officially mine on my 16th birthday when I got my driver's license. Very proud moment. And I never crashed it. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's better than I did. I crashed mine into a Mack truck. Yeah. So. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we know who we're dealing with here, Miss Chevy <laughs> Malibu, um, with was that the one you had custom KT sports stickers on the side? Yes. The one and only. <laughs> so uh, now you know who you're dealing with audience. I, I just needed you to know that. So Katie, what do you do for a living? So I have two businesses that I'm passionate and excited about. Uh, one of them is an interior design practice wherein I developed and created biographical design, which is a design philosophy wherein I design spaces to be a reflection of my clients' biographies so that their spaces can be a vehicle of their self-expression. It's so cool. And the stories that I get to hear about from my clients is just gives me wings. So what I found is that biographical design is actually cross-contextual. And so now I do the same thing as an interior design coach. So I coach interior designers to create biographical businesses. So their businesses are a reflection of their self-expression. And so that their businesses are a vehicle for them to be fully expressed in the world. So much fun. Wow. Well, and your energy just pops through, which you always get when somebody is well aligned in their business with their own biography, as it were. So just so we understand a little bit about biographical design, give us an example of one of your stories or one of the examples of what that looks like. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of examples that I love to think about and reflect on. And one is that I had a married couple client and she is a fashionista from New York City and he is a country boy. Um, And the two of them together make a beautiful relationship. And one of the ways that I told their story in one piece of furniture is I had a tree stump coffee table, completely gold leafed, 
and it's beautiful and it's half glamorous and half tree stump and so i feel like that one piece of furniture is a really great example of how biographical design comes to play in the world so um, what was their initial reaction when you said i'm gonna gold leaf a tree stump and make a table out of it what did they think when you when they heard the idea <laughs> Um, I love that question because I think it's a great setup for the idea and the power of influence on people or with people. Um, and that is that I really brought them alongside, better said, I enrolled them into the vision of creating a home for them that really was a reflection of the two of them. And so as we were moving through the design process, being able to show them that these were the kinds of things we could do, they were really jazzed up about it and really following my leadership. And so when I told them about the gold-leaved tree stump, of course, they were like, yes, what else could it be than a gold-leaved tree stump? That's perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I'd be like, uh, a what? <laughs> so how do you create that connection? What's the magic sauce in creating that, the, the person who wants to follow you and your crazy ideas? And, you know, what's the, what's the secret to building that trust? I mean, because that's really what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that trust between me and anybody that I'm in relationship with is really, 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 really times a thousand important. And one of the ways that I do that and have found so much success in creating that trust piece is by in incredibly deep listening. Mm. And what I have found is that the more people Isn't feel that a seen weird thing, heard, like you've got to listen the to them in order to get them to listen. They are to by you. my involvement in yeah, whatever we're yeah. And if you've ever um, been in, in, you know, on the opposite side of the table and you've been heard and you've been listened to, you feel like that person really gets you. And the more you feel like the other person gets you, the more that you're going to be open to what they have to say that inf that could influence your day, week, life, project, whatever the thing is, because you feel like they really understand. Whereas if you've ever been in the position like, okay, I'm a parent. And whenever I talk to somebody who's, you know, saying like, oh, you know what you should do? You should tell your kid this and do this with your kid and do homework time at this hour. I'm like, thanks. And you didn't hear that my problem was my kid won't eat broccoli. <laughs> so like anything that you're going to say from there on out, like I value much, mm -hmm. much less. Right. So how do you develop deep listening? Because I've noticed as humans, we're not really that good at it. It's really true. And, and I think that deep listening is really a practice. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's something that we're just born with. I don't think, I mean, we're born with ears, obviously. We're born <laughs> with like the tools at infancy. Most of us have ears. And so we're like literally born with the tool to do this thing. And we're also born with brains. And I don't know about you, but my brain sometimes likes to think about a lot of different things at the same time. The grocery list and yeah. And it's like squirrel. <laughs> so that is definitely something that I journey with that that squirrel mind um and so a practice that I've developed is being intentional before the conversation begins with whoever I'm um you know having a relationship with or having wanting to have influence over I really before I get into or walk into that conversation really tap into my own alignment with my own center and I realize that that sounds like 
yeah, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that means for me that, you know, my grocery list or feeding my kid broccoli or homework later, that's not my center. My center really has to do with like who I am in my core, irrelevant of my grocery list and the broccoli. And so (laughs) what I do is I'm intentional about taking three deep breaths, and really slowing down my thought and really tapping into gratitude that I have for that person. And what if I haven't met them yet, it's like gratitude for having the opportunity to meet this person. And if I have met them, it's like gratitude for the things that I love and appreciate about that person. And it helps me tap back into my center, which allows me to serve that person from my cup is running over onto that person rather than my cup is drained because of the grocery list and the homework that I have to do later. And trust me, first grade homework, although sounds very easy, it's the first grader that's the hard part. So there's something there, right? There's like knowing that that's coming later. Like that's a real thing to breathe into, I think. Yeah, right. So, you know, and, 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 and people could dismiss and say, well, this isn't a real business philosophy. This is woo woo. This is, you know, find your center. Right. But talk a little bit about the success that you've had with your business, because you're not a slouch. Um, you've had some incredible success from a sales perspective and built in building your business. So talk a little bit about what being able to do that has created in your business. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, when I first started my business, I felt like a little bit of an imposter. Like if I'm just going to be totally honest, Um, you know, I came from an architecture background and have my master's degree in architecture, worked for one of Miami's biggest and oldest architecture firms for years. And then I switched into interiors and felt like, well, I don't really belong here. And so what I ended up doing was overcompensating for that and then going into meetings with people and like talking all about myself and how great I was and Uh. how much I could offer and my product, my product, my product. Maybe, maybe. Right, yes. Mm. So what I found was that that was back in the day when I was doing, I don't know, about $25,000 worth of business. And I was really like, this is great. And why can't, like, what's blocking me from doing so much better and so much bigger and having so much more impact. And so it's through a lot of business coaching and, you know, that kind of introspective work and things like that, that I discovered that I really want to be in service of others. And in order to be in service of others, I have to know about others. Like I have to know about the other. Um, And I realized that the depth of which I'm able to serve someone Mm -hmm. is to the depth I'm able to understand really what their need is and what the need underneath that need is and the need underneath that need is and the need underneath that need is and really understand the depth of who they are and what their needs are so that I could serve them really truly to what is important. And now I'm doing over $2 million worth of business and I have a great following and clients who, um, you know, it's like Katie or die. So no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those stickers made too, right? I I will now. I will now. Yeah. Right. Right. T-shirts and yeah. Um, Well, and and that's amazing. And, And I think it's so important because so often in leadership training and all that, we learn techniques for connecting with people. And we learn strategies and little things we can do. But ultimately what you're saying is that your success in getting people to trust you, believe in your work and buy into the KDG phenomenon (laughs) is to 
ultimately be there for them. How do you, now this is how it translates to your clients. How do you think that translates to your staff? That's a great question. And I think that in terms of leadership and, and leading anybody, a, a customer or a client or staff, mm -hmm. um, it really has to do with how you lead yourself. And this is true. The more I'm able to be sensitive and loving and kind and gentle to myself, mm the more I'm able to be kind and loving and gentle to the people that I lead, including my team and including my clients. And, you know, that sounds like an easy thing to do maybe. And I think that like I was talking about with the imposter syndrome that I had and sometimes still have and the feelings of I'm not good enough and the feelings of, you know, no one will like me and like all these feelings that I sometimes have, sometimes have, the more I'm able to tap into say, think, tap into those feelings and really understand like, okay, sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough. Great. Then when I have a team member or a client, you know, that I feel like, I wonder if in this moment they're feeling not good enough. Uh. I'm able to, to really sensitively navigate around those feelings that they're having. And that goes back to the more I'm able to see and know them, the more they're able to trust and like me, the more they're willing to follow my leadership. Mm. So, so how does that translate to the person who maybe they're taking advantage of the HR policy and, you know, not showing up for work sometimes or that person that, you know, just not quite buying in and not playing by the same rules. Like it's all about kind, lo loving kindness and gentleness to the people that we're getting along with. What about the prickly folks? What do you think there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the prickly pears in the office, right? Um, you know, I think that it goes back to, again, like, what's the why behind the action? Like, mm. the why behind the behavior? And if someone is consistently showing up late or they're not pulling their end of the weight, that rhymes. That could be like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> late and wait and and uh, that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if someone is not, is not holding up the end of the bargain that, that we first put in place, I think that there's probably a why behind that. Like, why are you showing up late? Like, why are you not pulling your weight of the bargain? You're at your end of the deal. Mm. And there's usually some reason there. There's usually like a, you know, my family life or my, my sick mother, or there's, you know, I'm not really like loving the tasks that I'm doing. One time I had someone tell me literally they needed a new computer and I was like oh and I got them a new computer and it kind of fixed a lot of problems so I feel like you know one of the really powerful questions that I love as a leader is there's the, is is there anything you need from me in order to support you in what you're doing mm. and yeah. I think that when someone's late when someone's you know not working as hard or as fast as we would hope that they were sometimes that question can get in can get ahead of the problem and sometimes it's I need a new computer <laughs> And not just because I like the new one, but because the old one's not working. I'm not able to do my job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that you're basically saying approach the situation as though the person's not just a jerk, you know, approach it like there may be something else going on here rather than them just trying to ruin my day. And I think that's an important thing. And it's easy to jump to that villain place where they're just bad. But if we're able to kind of open it up and leave it open for that, I think, I think that they see that. Absolutely. And I think that comes back to the introspection piece, which is like, when in the past have I ever not wanted to be at work, been late, didn't show up, took extra vacation? It's because I was either A, B, C, D, E, or F, you know, yep. or G, E, A, A, whatever the alphabet is. <laughs> <laughs> 
all the way through Z, right? And I haven't even had a drink today, I promise. So um, yeah, I think it goes back to that introspection piece, which is like, when in the past have I ever not shown up at my best? And mm. when, what were the reasons I wasn't? Mm. And then is it because I'm a bad person? No. Right. <laughs> so chances right. are the other person has some merit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and all of this goes back to that mindset of essentially listening to other people. So they will then listen to you. Now, in the pre-podcast questionnaire, um, one of the things that you did say also was cheerleading. And I think you may have been joking. However, I bet that positivity comes into play with influence as well. I mean, were you a cheerleader? I actually was a cheerleader and I actually wasn't joking with the cheerleading. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's actually something that I learned from, I have a lot of coaches. I have a business coach, I have a mindset coach, I have an email marketing coach, I have like all the coaches and I also have a parenting coach. Mm. I also have someone who comes alongside of myself and my husband and supports us in parent-child interaction. And one of the big takeaways I learned from that um, um, coaching was the power of calling someone forward through praise. And what I have found is that it's so much more powerful to tell my son, like last night we were doing homework and every time he completed one math problem, I put a, a sprinkle of cocoa pebbles in his mouth <laughs> for every single math problem. And what I found is that, oh my gosh, how quickly he and, and powerfully he goes through those math problems. Um, whereas before I had the coaching, I used to tell him, um, you know, sit down, don't get up. If you get up, you're going to be in timeout. Like you have to sit here until you're done kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that that same sort of mentality is true in leadership with my team and with my clients, people are so much more responsive to praise than they mm -hmm. are to negativity. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what I, the, the same kind of concept in leading a team is so true and so powerful in the way that with my team, I can say things like, hey, awesome job doing that task. I loved in that task when you told me ahead of time what you were gonna do. Mm -hmm. I would love to see you do that every time because that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you know what happens next time? They do that thing. Yep. And I simply don't praise or don't talk about the things that I didn't find was the strength in that task. Um, and then that sometimes falls away without having to address it. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, sometimes there are things that need to be addressed and those mm -hmm. things are addressed. And um, like I recently had a team member, uh, I recently had COVID and I recently had a team member tell a client I had COVID. And um, although I don't necessarily feel like that's something I need to be shamed about or, you know, don't want anybody to know. I just wanted her to know that before you tell somebody somebody's medical, you know, situation, you might want to ask that person. And so the way I said that was, I really appreciate your support in getting ahead of the problem because I wasn't able to make the meeting. I appreciate your support in getting ahead of that problem. And I really appreciate your support in not bothering me with it and not bringing it, you know, making it an issue in the office and just like handling it for me on my behalf. I really appreciate your support and how I would feel even more supported is if you ask me ahead of time before you tell them what the issue is. And so now what I'm calling forward in her is her supportiveness, is her proactiveness, and also reminding her that, you know, you could ask someone before you tell somebody else their personal medical. About, about the syphilis. Yeah, yeah. right. Right. Well, and I think that's really important because she was obviously not 
trying to do anything bad. She was trying to support you and help you. And the difference, I think, with what you just said and some of the tactics that we learn is that what you said was very authentic. She was trying to support you. She was, you know, taking the initiative and doing what you needed her to do when you were incapacitated. Um, So you were pulling out an authentic, you know, thing that she was doing well that you wanted to build on. I I love that. And I think that's so important in making people feel valued, even when there's something that they need to fix. Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, it goes back to the more I know her, the more intimate I am willing to journey with her, Mm. the more I am able to actually know where she was coming from when she said that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, all of these are absolute golden nuggets, Katie. Um, So one last question, and I got to make this a good one. Oh, I'm nervous. What's your favorite karaoke song? Oh gosh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me because I wasn't prepared to answer that. (laughs) You were just prepared to sing it, right? Yeah, it's probably something Disney, probably something from Frozen. (laughs) Oh gosh, do they have Disney on karaoke, adult karaoke? Uh, yes. Oh. How's the rock you live under? (laughs) Is it dark under there? I try try to avoid karaoke if at all possible. (laughs) You have a beautiful singing voice. Take that back. (laughs) Well, I hope so. I went to three years of art school to sing opera. Wait, 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 what? Okay, from here on out, we're singing the rest of our time together. Turn. It's your turn. Go ahead and ask a question. I'm not following that. That was spectacular. Oh, <laughs> so is Disney your, your choice of vacation? You know, um, I do have a six-year-old and my husband is also a six-year-old. So yes, <laughs> he and I, and we, and we all, we love going to Disney world. It's definitely super like enriching and we love it. And there's so much poetry as an adult that you can get and see and read in Disney. It's, there's a lot of depth and layers of learning and beauty and design. And yeah, it's a really actually an amazing place as a grown up. Well, and, and I've, and I've been to business talks by people with Disney and I know some people that work for Disney and the thing, I mean, they do it right from a business perspective. Well, Katie, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about you and biographical design? For a good time, call me. Um, yeah, so my interior design website is erezdesign.com. It's the last five letters of my last name, E-R-R-E-Z, design.com. And um, my coaching website, if you're interested in seeing what goes on there, is biographicaldesign.com. <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, all the things. And I'll put all those links in the show notes so everybody can uh, can get to get to... So everybody can get to, wow. Get to what? (laughs) Get to the good times, baby. Come on, Uh, twerk break. uh, uh, (laughs) I'll put all those in the show notes. So if you want to get in touch with Katie, you can. Katie, you are an absolute blast. Thank you so much for your time and your insights today on Building Influence. Thank you, Anne. I learned so much from you. So I appreciate being on this co-creation of leadership energy. It's so beautiful. Thank you. 
Episode 126 didn't disappoint. Thank you so much, Katie. Your energy and, of course, the dance break is always appreciated. Uh, Fun is another way to build influence, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead and have some fun. Have some laughs. Be silly. And every once in a while, show your... uh, other side than just the professional in you because people are going to see you as a human and be inspired to follow you i would love to see more of you check out the show notes to find more about katie gutierrez and era's designs and if you want to follow me jump on my email list i'll put that link in the show notes too thanks so much for listening i'll see you next week